This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. Hey, it's 2018, and what are you going to do about it? Well, I have an idea. Why don't you go to Squarespace and get yourself a website? Whatever idea you have, you can turn it into a business, a website, a hobby, a portfolio, a blog, and the world can see it on Squarespace because you're going to take advantage of over 20 professionally designed templates. You're going to showcase your work on a mobile phone, a tablet computer, a web TV. I don't know. Whatever they've got these days, it's going to look great if you make it with Squarespace because it has adaptive design that makes all of that stuff automatic. And there's nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. So head over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SPILL to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com, offer code SPILLED. I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And this week we're talking about mussels. Happy New Year! Yes! We're going to pump you, you up! Pump. Wait, wait. Pump! No, we're going to pump you up! All right. Wow. (laughs) Timely humor. (laughs) Um, So, Happy New Year. Uh, Last week it was scallops. Uh, This week it's mussels. We know how to start the new year outright. This is a classy, this show has suddenly become so unrecognizably classy. Uh, Yes, I don't recognize. Who are you? (laughs) And why are you you wearing that brooch? It's a classy thing. Wait, but you're actually wearing this pin. So uh, Molly's partner, Ash, gave us uh, uh, matching Christmas gifts, which are um, owl pins Mm -hmm. to commemorate the time Molly and I went to an owl cafe in Japan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, never forget. Never forget. Never forget the trip to the owl cafe? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I feel like that that slogan is usually (laughs) used. Cheapens never uh forget. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I started my new year out by, uh, by really blowing it. Because um, my wife uh, gave me a to-do list and some checks to deposit, and I uh, promptly dumped them into a mailbox, the, the to-do <laughs> list and the checks. <laughs> so that's how my day started. Wow. It's going to be a bright 2018. Uh-huh. Uh, so, mussels. Mm-hmm. Um, memory lane. Did you eat mussels as a kid ever? 
I did. I think that, so my dad, you know, my dad was such a Francophile. Mm -hmm. And I think that he was the one who introduced me to mussels, probably in a restaurant, probably with French fries. Yes. And then I also remember him cooking mussels at home, which seems like kind of a dicey proposition given that we lived in Oklahoma. Hmm, Not exactly seafood capital. Um, But anyway, I'm pretty sure that he cooked mussels at home uh, at least once in my childhood. But I remember thinking of them as like this sort of sophisticated food, but that once you eat it is like really quite lovable and easy to love as long as you don't actually look at the mussels while you're eating them. I would not have eaten a mussel as a child for a million dollars. Really? Just yes. because of the look of them or the texture or the smell or I just assumed it was grown up food that there that I couldn't possibly like or appreciate. Interesting. Um and yeah, like there were there were a few things in that category that uh, you know, it's not that my parents were like no you can't have a muscle, it's just that I never would have asked for one and they knew this. Do you think that there's something inherently gross about muscles? Um no, I, I, I mean, don't think, I, I don't think I there's ask, something inherently gross about anything other than like waste. I ask because my child, um, I have like worked really hard having read your book, Hungry Monkey. Mm-hmm. I've worked really hard to express almost no opinions about food in general, except when I'm like excited about it. <laughs> no, no, I know. In, in, in your life <laughs> as a whole, you have never really been one to express opinions no, about food. No, and that's what we I love mean, about like, you. I mean, like around my kid. <laughs> I know what you mean. Okay. <laughs> like the, so, these are good food. And these are bad foods. Yeah. Or like it's you know it's better. It's good. Would be good if you like this because it's important to me. Correct. The kind of thing that a child will seize on and say, "Aha!" Right. Or or even to try to tell her when something is special. Like sure. I don't even want her to know that a certain food is special because it's just like I feel like it's just ammunition for kids to get like energy around. Oh, for sure. The food decisions their parents have made. So so anyway, so my daughter loves raw oysters. With, like, abandon. I mean, uh-huh. and I didn't eat a raw oyster till I was 30. Yeah, me too. Um, Something like that. She loves raw oysters. She will pick them up out of the shell with her fingertips. I, I've talked about this oh, before yeah. on the show. But the same thing goes for mussels. And I'm always astounded because even sometimes when I'm eating oysters or mussels, like, I can't look at them too closely. Like, uh, or even, I mean, especially sometimes the way when you spear a mussel with the fork and you go to pull it out of I, the shell, yes. like, kind of this, like, weird, like, ribbon of it kind of gets stuck on on the shell and there's a little nubbly bit left and there's like nubbly bits and like sometimes it kind of opens up like a vulva Mm -hmm. and like this has been observed many times right and it is like it is an intense visual experience Uh and yet i know that once i get it in my mouth all the textures become sort of more homogenous and it's very lovable yeah, but I, I think kids just don't, they don't have an intuitive sense of this should be a gross food or this shouldn't. This, these are like. Well, then why do you think you thought that about, about, why do you think you thought mussels were like fancy food, like fancy feast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they came in a can in the cat food section. <laughs> um, do you think I, your parents said that like this is fancy food or like this is really a special occasion thing? Or I think maybe they, they somehow it, it seemed like a special occasion thing that like shellfish in general yeah. did. Well, Although my dad would, eat, would buy a jar of shucked oysters and just eat them out of the fridge, certainly. I didn't like oh that either. Oh my God, really? Yeah. Ooh, gosh, that really that really <laughs> grosses me out. Oh, my, my dad like uh, had like a lot of classic, like gross, Old man. gross dad. 
Well, he wasn't an old man at the time. But like like um like a child of the old world yes. kind of. Yeah, like uh, a filter fish. Yes, um, totally. A jar of oysters, um you know, uh, canned smoked fish, uh, yes. that sort of thing. Yes, totally. Yeah, my dad liked sardines and things. I mean, I like sardines, but mm-hmm. but yeah, my but dad like would just But like our relationship with those things will never be the our, same as as like our parents. Yeah. Man of Eastern European extraction yes, in the eighties, totally, or before, totally, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how I got the impression that mussels must be a special. Food. It wasn't, and it wasn't that I didn't want to try them because I thought they were were like special or like you know above my station. No, no, I get it. That. Was it was like one of those? I gross guess maybe what I mean that, that adults like, eat on special occasions that that kids don't necessarily have the same don't agree with adults about like. Uh, adults from the same society about like what might constitute a gross food yes. that, that like, you know, for, for like uh, American, you know, that if you want to stereotype like the American palate, you can say like, you know, okay, Americans uh, in general, like have trouble with these textures and these flavors. Like kids just don't, don't have any cultural sense of that yet mm-hmm. to some age. I don't know. Although like, I think they, so readily absorb it from the atmosphere. Of course, I mean, yeah. like, like it, it's like you say it once and game yes. over. Yeah. So I don't know. I think uh, muscles must feed your kid a muscle. Feed your kid a muscle. Yeah, I have to say, um, I'm super glad that my daughter is into oysters. However, like recently we were out in a restaurant and she was really tired, and I was just going to order her like this chicken dish on the menu because uh-huh. she really likes chicken. And she was like, no, I don't want that. And I was like, how about this pork thing? And she didn't want that. She's like a huge meat eater. Anyway, and so finally I'm sort of getting desperate. Like none of these things sounded good to her. And I like I read oysters on the menu. I was like oysters. And she was like, ooh, oysters. And I was like, oh, my God, these are three fifty a piece. Uh-huh. Like what? Uh, no, I don't want to buy you oysters. Oh, my God. Um, that's terrible. And also just like when you said like a tired child in a restaurant, like uh, my adrenaline terrible. just started rising. Cause I remember, I remember how terrible this is. Mm-hmm. Oh God. It wound up being good, but I did wind okay. up buying her two oysters. Okay. Yeah. I two was, oysters seems all right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was like, okay, I can, I can chuck $7 towards your oysters. I mean, you got to set limits on things like uh, screen time and oysters and on o- the half shell. <laughs> I am fully aware of how ridiculous uh-huh. this sounds. <laughs> yeah, I, I've rarely hated us more than I do right now. Um, <laughs> no, but okay, anyway. so but mussels are inexpensive. Um, yes, and why is that? Um, I think probably because they are easy and relatively quick to grow. And and because even before do oysters take a lot longer to grow than mussels. I well think, the shells are a lot. I thicker. think they do. Okay. Um, I don't know that I don't have the numbers here in front of me on this report, but I I think they do. Okay. And so and also you know even uh, you know not all mussels are farmed. Um, you know wild mussels are incredibly abundant. You know if you go to the seashore you will see yeah, a jillion if you, like, of them. Yeah, you go down to the dock here in Seattle. If you go down to the docks. And you sit on, on the dock of, mm-hmm. of Elliott Bay, let's say. Uh, you might meet a longshoreman. Yeah, and then maybe you could sing a song. Yep. Like um, like sitting a, on the dock of the bay. Yeah, I knew what song you meant. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you ever go to that place, The Longshoreman's Daughter? Oh, my God, I totally did. That was where I had the first buckwheat pancakes I ever had. And I, it, it, like, changed my breakfast future. We must have talked about this on the buckwheat episode, right? Yeah. Okay, so I did some muscle research, which we haven't even gotten to yet, even though we're like nine minutes into the show. <laughs> Whoops. Um, so uh, what is a muscle, you might wonder? Mm. Well, 
Mm. Let me tell you. Mm. It's an elongated asymmetric bivalve, and the interior of the shell is often nacreous. <laughs> Which what? is a gross word what that I learned. What does that mean? Like wait, three days ago. Wait, can I guess? Does it mean um, like slimy? Nope. It sure sounds like it does would it mean, mean slimy. watery. Nope. Um, I don't know. It means coated with mother of pearl. <gasps> but su- but mother of pearl is one of the nicest sounding things, well, and nacreous uh, is the grossest. Well, and the other thing is, how are mussels so cheap if they have within them like a very desirable substance? Well, I don't think mother of pearl in and of itself is a very des- – I mean, it's it's not an undesirable substance, but it's ubiquitous. That's true. Um, but I think of like a mother of pearl inlay, like in a sure. jewelry box or something. That feels real fancy. Yeah, but it's not – I mean, it's not, having – it's not fancy. It's not fancy. I, <laughs> I am the arbiter of what is and isn't fancy, and I'm like, mother of pearl is out. <laughs> 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 the new thing is ruffles. Everything has to have ruffles. Um, so uh, okay, I'm ready. Okay. Keep going. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the the life cycle of the freshwater mussel, even though <laughs> freshwater mussels are are much less eaten in modern times than our saltwater mussels. Well, yeah. So mu- most mussels that that we eat, or all mussels that we eat, are saltwater mussels, right? Pretty much. Although, like you know, pre in pre contact Americas, um, freshwater mussels were a staple food for a variety of of uh, native groups. Oh, okay. In um, like inland native groups, like yeah. by lakes and things like yeah. that. Okay. Um, I mean, mussels are everywhere. Uh, so the freshwater mussel life cycle. Here's how it goes. So the the male mussel uh, squirts sperm out into the water, and the the female mussel in, ingests it while filter feeding, mm-hmm. um, and uh, fertilizes the eggs. Wait, wait, wait! By ingesting. Uh, well, ingesting they. they they, they don't have like a separate, a separate digestive system, okay. digestive tract, and just a reminder tract. to humans: you cannot get pregnant by swallowing semen. Okay, just good a re- reminder. Good reminder. To yes, I'm sure. That, I'm sure there are a lot of people in our audience. <laughs> what a relief! Who were confused about this point? <laughs> Go, Go um, on. I don't know. Maybe someone was. Maybe someone didn't know that, and it's good that they know. Yeah. If they believe you, you're welcome. So now, remember, we talked about uh, on some episode, didn't we talk about cloacas? Yeah, but I don't really remember what they are. Well, it's that not not all species, or not all families of animals have have a separate reproduct, reproductive tract and digestive tract. Okay. So anyway, so the female mussel ingests the sperm. It fertilizes the eggs, which grow into little larvae, which are then released into the water and attach themselves to the gills of fish and form like a cyst growing on the gills <sighs> of the fish, which then bursts open <laughs> when the larvae mature, and then they go attach themselves to something and grow a shell. Does it damage the fish? It's, from what I r- gather, no. Okay. Um, that it's a, it's it's a, you know, parasitic, uh, like, uh, epiphytic relationship. I don't know. That, that might be only a plant thing. That it, that it, like, benefits one and doesn't harm the other? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's some, it's, it's one of the, one of the more benign forms of symbiosis, I think. Okay. Cool. Um, so, uh, God, I hope I never develop a cyst that's filled with the eggs of some other animal. <laughs> muscle larvae. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, yeah, you go in there like, oh, that's that's totally benign. It's just filled with wriggling larvae. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wouldn't worry about it at all. <laughs> It'll resolve itself. I mean, we can lance it. Uh, or you can just wait for it to naturally uh-huh. explode. It's part of the circle of life. Um, 
So okay, but but uh, saltwater mussels, there's no fish phase. <laughs> they just they just the larvae are released and they find a, a place to set up shop. Okay, um, and uh, then they they grow a shell, and the and the shell keeps growing with them. Yeah, right. It's yeah, not like they. Tra- it's not like they trade shells like a like a snail. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they trade shells like a barter system. <laughs> No, I'm just thinking like, that like like so their shells grow with them. Like they they don't discard two small shells and and go find a bigger one. <laughs> just, just, no, and in fact, at no point do they have two shells. <laughs> you have you you have some strange ideas about what what constitutes no. a muscle, but that's why we're here. I know what you mean. They don't they don't shed a shell. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They don't molt. They don't molt. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, no, you, and when you, you when you look at a muscle shell, like run your finger over it and feel the grooves, that's because it keeps like, you know, accreting new layers like of shell. Like the rings of a tree. Like the rings of a tree. Okay. That's, you can probably tell the age of a muscle that way. You know, speaking of freshwater muscles, uh-huh. um, I read this article in the New Yorker sometime uh, late 2017 about this particular type of freshwater mussel that had come into one of the Great Lakes. Oh, zebra mussels. Yes, that had oh, come into one of the Great nasty. Lakes on like the bottom of a ship yep. from somewhere, uh, docked in at a port on one of the Great Lakes, and basically has proliferated and like taken over this lake. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. Yeah, it's, fascinating. It's, it's not just that lake. Like zebra mussels are a scourge. And you can't eat them, can you? I don't think they're good. Well, and I think somehow aren't they? I can't remember what they were doing they to the ecosystem, but it was basically other, you know, local species. Yeah, um, so, and they're from Asia, right? I believe so. Okay. Um, so anyway, it was a really interesting article. Highly recommended. Yeah, no, the the study of invasive species is is fascinating and upsetting. Yes. Um, so okay, just so like I, this show, really. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, frequently. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Now, listeners, if you're anything like me, you have a lot of ideas. Some of them are ideas that should never be seen by anyone ever, and you should not make a website about them. But some of them are ideas that the whole world should see. And for those, there's Squarespace. On Squarespace, you can create a website so easily you're, it's going to be done and you're not even going to know how you did it. You know, if you want to start a dog grooming service, if you want to start a weasel grooming service, anything you would like to groom, you can create a website to do that with Squarespace. It is point and click, drag and drop easy. It looks great on any device. The templates are professionally designed. If you want to sell your services or physical items, Squarespace makes that easy and there's no additional charge. And you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to squarespace.com and using the offer code SPILLED. And that's your first purchase of a website or a domain. And they've got a lot of cool domain names. It's not just .com anymore. You can get .ninja. You might be able to get .weasel, for all I know. You can definitely get .limo, which is the classiest domain ever. So once again, that's squarespace.com, offer code SPILLED. So I went to Pure Food Fish at Pike Place Market, and I got some mussels. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, every time I get mussels, I feel like they're a little more expensive than I remember them being. What were these per pound? These were $5 a pound. Gosh, I feel like I think of them as being like two ninety nine. Yeah, I think of them as being two ninety nine a pound, but I think that might have been like 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm you sure ever, you can find them for less than five. Do you ever five. have these moments where, like, you hear of somebody turning, like, 29 or, like, 33 or something, and you're like, oh, we're the same age, and then you remember that you're not at all the same all age? All the fucking time. Is that what adulthood is? Yes. Okay. Um, 
yeah, it's it's not good. No, I it's mean, not good. I, there there are things about it that I like, but um, you know, it's not like I want to go back and be a kid again. It's just that I want to live forever. Yeah. So, are you going to break into song now? Oh, Oasis. Um, I was also thinking of like, baby, I don't really want to know. <laughs> How your garden grows. Yeah, so yes, which, the answer which, is wait, yes. Wait, wait, wait keep going. Which Oasis song was that? It's uh, Live Forever. Because oh. I just want to fly lately. Okay. okay. Um, we can't <laughs> sing the whole song. We'd have to pay oh. so many royalties. And I think Liam Gallagher would for sure, or no, Noel. Both of them. They would for sure come they, after us. Yeah, they, would they take hate all each other and are, pro- and are not and speaking, but they are going to team up just to just to sue us okay uh okay so uh i i got some muscles they were saltwater muscles they were pen cove muscles which uh come from the land of the ice and snow no they come from uh pen cove washington uh and uh like it's, it's something you see on menus all over the pacific northwest like mm-hmm. if there's if they're going to be muscles they're probably going to be pen cove muscles because it sounds nice and they grow a ton of muscles there and pen cove is a uh, a cove on whidbey island yes. which is an island uh you know in, in north puget sound and uh because they are cultivated mussels so from what i have read and i don't know that i've ever bought wild mussels um, from what I've read, cultivated mussels, um, which are which are grown on ropes, like like oysters, are oysters grown? No, oysters are grown in beds. Cultivated mussels are grown on ropes, um, so they're not sitting on the the bottom, mm-hmm. and so they don't get as muddy, mm. and they also don't grow as big a beard. Mm. Okay. The beard being the part of the muscle that, that attaches, attaches it. it. So wait, why would they not need as big a beard if they were if they're not on the s- I don't know. Oh, okay. um, I guess maybe it's easier to attach yourself to a rope than to a rock. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. This is purely bullshit. Um, so I, uh, I brought them home and I, and I de-bearded them, which is kind of a satisfying process because you pull out each one. It's got just this. this and you pull it from like a certain angle. And yeah, it, like it to the of, side. Yeah, you, it sort of just snaps free. Yeah. And you don't have to do it, but uh, if you don't, you might end up with this this sort of uh, mad, hairy mass mm. in, in your cooked muscle. Mm. Uh, but yeah, so so I went I went in and de-bearded them, and then what I... What is the beard made of? Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say uh, chitin. Okay. I'm going to say... Cellulose. Um, cellulose. It's it's <laughs> always it's always cellulose or chitin, right? Okay, perfect. Like great. If it's, whether it's a rhino horn or a hair or a fingernail. About, I forgot about what chitin is. Um, I mean, chitin is this is uh, it's the stuff that shells are made of. Okay. And dreams. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, and then I steamed them in like the most classic possible French way. What you had a recipe? Where was um, it from? Yeah, it was from uh, David Tannis in the New York Times. But uh, I'm sure even David Tannis would say like there, there's no, there's no David Tannis in this recipe. It's just uh, the the way people in France have been steaming mussels probably since antiquity. So you warmed some olive oil. You might use also a mixture of olive oil and butter. Uh-huh. Um, and you uh, cooked, briefly cooked some garlic and shallot in it. Yep. And a little bit of uh, red, red pepper, pepper flakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I threw in the mussels and a little bit of white wine and stirred it up and raised the heat to high and put on the lid and steamed them for like four minutes, yeah. maybe stirring once or twice in there. And what I've always heard is that when a mussel opens fully, it's cooked? Yeah. So 
here's what I learned that you you're looking for most of the muscles to be open. Okay. But it's not true that if one doesn't open, it's not safe to eat. Oh, and I, okay. I've got, I got oh, research ooh. here. Okay, great. According to marine biologist Nick Ruello, which is a pretty cool name, uh, this advice may have arisen from an old, poorly researched cookbook's advice, which has now become an assumed truism for all shellfish. But Ruello found that 11.5% of all mussels failed to open during cooking, but when forced to open, 100% were both adequately cooked and safe to eat. Interesting. So, but I've heard of people getting a bad muscle. How do you know if you get a bad muscle? Because you start vomiting afterward. Um, well, it, I think it depends whether whether you mean a bad muscle as in contaminated or a bad muscle as in spoiled. So, like you know, someone could say a bad muscle to me, like I ate muscles and then I was sick later, which may or may not have anything to do with the muscles. Or it could mean like you were observing earlier that they they have a, kind of a range of uh, pungency. Yeah. Um, and a, a muscle that is past its prime is probably not dangerous to eat, but is gross. Yeah. Uh, which is true of a lot of foods. Yeah, it's right? very true. Absolutely. Um, it, so I could see a bad muscle being used to describe either scenario. Okay. Well, what's interesting, I mean, what's what's so cool about mussels and, and other shellfish that you could cook in this similar kind of French style. Clams. Yes, clams. Um, is that Cockles. you wind up with this uh, this brothy juice in the pan that is a mixture of the small amount of wine that you've used and yes. the wonderful, basically like saltwater briny stuff that's inside the the bivalve. Yeah. And, and that, it opens and releases it as that it cooks. to me, like especially with mussels, that's the whole point. Like this this buttery, briny, shallot liquid that you dip your baguette into, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. as good as it this, gets. This recipe, you used no butter though, right? Uh, I did not use butter in this recipe. Okay. But I could have. Well, and sometimes people will sort of mount that, li- that, that liquid yes, with butter at the end. sometimes people will mount that liquid. <laughs> I mean, it was so good, I would mount <laughs> yes, it. exactly. Look out, Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> Wasn't that the last episode? That was the last episode. But we we tape we tape two episodes per Don't taping. So. Stop pulling the curtain back before I'm Sorry. ready for my encore. Okay, fine. Um, no, it's it's true. Everything you said is true. I admit it. Okay, so so okay. Wait, uh, moule frite, mussels and fries. That's a Belgian thing, right? Um, yes, and uh, and so I mean, it's nothing more than just steamed mussels served with fries, um, but also. Uh, something something that uh, that I remembered while researching the show is that like mussels steamed with wine that you then drink a beer with is an amazing combination. Oh yes, uh, especially if it's a Belgian style. Yeah, beer. The, like this like yeasty. Mm-hmm. Oh man, like yes. not very hoppy. Like oh uh, yeah. Well, and then in parts of France, in northern France, where mussels are also a, a typical food, um, they drink cider, dry cider, oh, with their. That sounds mussels. good too. Yeah, that sounds good for steaming the mussels. Also, yes, we are full of ideas. We are full of ideas and mussels. Yes. Uh, what about what other flavorings do you use for cooking mussels? Um, so Thai style steamed mussels. I mean, you can you can flavor up your steamed mussels pretty much any way, and it's going to be good. Um, but Thai style is really good because like you get some. Coconut milk in there, and some fish sauce, and some curry paste or chilies. Do you have and, a recipe for this? Uh, I can definitely link to a recipe for this. That would be great. It's so good. Um, what about uh, other other cooking, other forms of cooking mussels? So you can you can roast mussels like on the half shell. They, you, so you have to shuck them. You have to shuck them, which oh. uh, which is a skill. I it's not something I've done, but it's something I've enjoyed eating. Like they have a. a roasted mussel dish at uh, Poppy Restaurant in Seattle that is really good. 
I feel like it would be very difficult to shuck a muscle because the shell is so thin. It would be difficult to not break the shell. I think, you know, there should be, you should be able to just take your muscles in or your shellfish into a shucking service. I guess that's what a fishmonger is. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you can't like just bring random shellfish into a fishmonger and have them shuck them for you, though. Have you ever eaten a raw mussel? I don't think I have. Have you? I have been offered one. So I well, I had this. Um, I had there. There was a period of time when I I don't know in the span of a couple of years did a couple big travel writing pieces. Yes, and I was sent to Bordeaux by Town and Country Magazine. Wow. Yeah. This this was another era. Question. Yeah. Were you sent to the town or the country? Uh, was I sent to the town or the countryside? Yeah. Ah, I was sent to the town of Bordeaux. Uh, and I also went out into a couple of small, you know, vineyard towns. Wow. Truth truth in advertising. Yeah. Anyway, so... Uh, so Are they have vineyards in Bar- Bordeaux? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> anyway, I researched a few restaurants that I wanted to go to beforehand. And we met up with this chef, um, very well-known chef there, who took us on a tour of like his favorite food market early one morning. That sounds great. And it was like first thing in the morning. I mean, I think, so Brandon was with me. I think we had like had, you know, breakfast pastries and then we just mm. like headed out. It was first thing in the morning. And I remember he was introducing us to all his favorite vendors in this like covered market. And we went over to this produce vendor and they gave us samples of things. And then we went to this like meat vendor and this guy cut a wedge out of this giant like bowl of country pate. It was like a mixing bowl sized pate. Wow. Anyway, and then we went to the fishmonger and this guy was super proud of these mussels he had. I want to say they were Spanish mussels or something. Anyway, he was very proud of these mussels he had. Before I knew what was happening, he had shucked one for each of the three of us, the chef and me and Brandon. Brandon at that point, like, was still sort of a vegetarian. Anyway, the chef quickly downed his raw muscle on the half shell. And I'm looking at this thing. It's like 830 in the morning. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. But that was a period of time when I had when I I had not yet conquered my fear of oysters. Uh So anyway, Brandon managed to choke his down. I quickly handed mine to Brandon and he threw it into a gutter behind a dumpster. Wow. And I don't think the chef ever saw it. I mean, or was too polite to say. Yeah. Why don't we eat oysters? Why why does eating... uh, I mean, it's hard for me to say it's, if I were presented with a raw mussel right now, would I eat it? I don't know. I would, I, try I would eat it. a oyster. So I think it's really just a matter of taste. I, I don't think it's a matter of like food safety. Um, it's it's just like we've we've decided that like that you eat this cooked. Um, that uh, we think these things are taste better cooked and these things taste better raw. But sometimes you see them the other way. I, huh. I don't think it's anything more than that. What about because um, you don't get the the mussel juice if you don't cook them. Uh, well, except the juice is in there. Oh, it's in there. It's in there. Anyway, but okay. What about like mussels when they're served cold, like smoked mussels that yes. are then served cold, like on a like a, on a toast as like an appetizer. So that's not my favorite thing, I mostly like because that. I have I have lingering issues with cold food that are not nearly as bad as they used to be. But like this this was my main dislike when I was a kid was like things served cold or room temperature. Really? Yeah, like almost. Like you know, like what? Like a sandwich um, or like uh, 
you know, a cold, a cold like fish or, or, uh, you know, like cold smoked fish or like anything, huh. anything savory other than like, I don't know, beef jerky anything or something. Anything savory that was served cold or right. temperature. Like it didn't, it didn't seem like a meal in any way to me. Was it like a repulsion thing or was it? It was a repulsion thing. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it lingers to this day in the form of like, uh, you know, that uh, cold, a, a smoked muscle. Like I would eat it, but I wouldn't, I, I don't crave it in any way. And, uh, and you know how I feel about egg salad. Yeah. I never, I have never enjoyed anything involving cold muscles. Um, <laughs> I have to say, like, I, I will see some sort of dish somewhere that has smoked mussels. And, and I feel like I'm seeing it a lot lately. Like, it was a bit of a trendy thing okay. for a little while in the past couple of years. And I'm just, like, not into it. it. I will eat it, but actually I will experience, like, a sense of dread as I am preparing to eat it. Um, I am so proud of us that we haven't made very many muscle puns over we, the course of this episode. Because I was just out. thinking, like, you know, I don't want cold muscles either. I want my my muscles like hot and oiled up. And like, no, we've no. we've come this far and avoided that. <laughs> but you had to slip it in did, anyway. Did you know you? that there's a word um, uh, for uh, mentioning something by claiming not to be mentioning it? Hmm. Paralepsis, paralipsis. There's a couple different words. Oh, cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's great. It's great. Thanks. <laughs> Is there anything else we want to say no, about there isn't about muscles? People never seem to. Um, I mean, you know, they show up in all kinds of things like chipino and bouillabaisse mm-hmm. and things like that. People never seem to um, like uh, chop them up like they do with like clams for clam chowder. That's or, interesting. I think it's. Yeah, I don't know. Um, they do have a very different texture yeah, from a clam. because like a big, a big clam is always going to be a chewy affair. I mean, like a gooey duck. Good lord, you got to cut that thing up. You're not going to put a How? whole gooey duck in your in your soup, <laughs> right? Right. I don't know. Maybe you are. You you lean back as if to say, like, fine. You know, <laughs> bring it on, man. Yeah. Okay. Next next week's episode: whole gooey duck steaks. Soup. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's definitely a recipe for muscle chowder in Jasper White's 50 chowders. I don't, I don't think it's like one of the best things to chowder because mm-hmm. I, just because I think there are better things you can do with it and the flavor. I like it when you use chowder as a verb. Yeah. It's, it's, to chowder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find us online at spilledbugpodcast.com. We'll post a link to, um, David Tannis's muscle recipe. We'll post a link to the Thai, um, Thai style steamed mussels. Is your town and country article online? Can we... You know, I don't know if it is. I, okay. I haven't thought about it in so long. Maybe I can look for it. Let's look. Let's look and see if we can. I, I didn't mention mussels in there because obviously I was too embarrassed to, to tell anybody that I oh, had that would thrown this mussel behind a dumpster. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. I figure there's something like that in, in a lot of articles in town and country magazine. <laughs> Uh Um, Uh if you go if you go to the headquarters of town and country magazine and look behind the dumpster there's just a feast awaiting you (laughs) uh you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash uh spilled milk podcast Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah let us know like we we didn't really talk about that many different muscle preparations what did we miss right yeah what did we i'm sure we missed a lot Uh uh-huh i mean i think that there are probably a lot of um, muscle recipes in in different, you know, non-American, non-French yes. cuisines um, that we don't know about. Um, like, have you ever been to the doctor and you had a cyst full of muscle larvae? Don't tell <laughs> us about that. Um, you can uh, please leave us a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, the podcasting platform of your choice. 
And find us on Instagram. Yep, Spilled Milk Podcast. Uh, And until next time, I'm Hans. And I'm Franz. All right. Um. Uh, oh, okay. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.